We're going to be reading from Matthew chapter 19. And uh, in Matthew chapter 19, it says, Jesus had finished these words and He departed from Galilee and He came into the region of Judea beyond the Jordan. And large crowds followed Him and He healed them there. Some Pharisees came to Jesus testing Him and asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? And he answered and he said to them, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female? And he said, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. They said to him, Why did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? And he said to them, Because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it's not been this way. And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. You know, I I thought a lot about whether I should share on this and what happened is the passage just kept coming back to my mind. It's so much easier for me to share this with college students. And I love to share this portion with college students because there's no baggage there yet. They haven't yet married. They haven't yet divorced and remarried and divorced and remarried. And so they don't feel as if, they don't feel a bunch of conviction when I speak to them and I can just warn them and show them things from the Scriptures, and beg them to take heed. But this passage kept coming back. And so maybe it's not for you. Maybe it's for someone you know. Maybe it's for one of your children or one of your grandchildren. But in any case, they come to Jesus and they... It says that they came testing Him. And so it was a test. It wasn't merely that they wanted to know, it was a test. And you know, when people come and they're just testing you, sometimes you respond a bit differently. Nevertheless, they ask them, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? So you see where it had degenerated to, for any reason at all. It's for anything. Can I divorce my wife for anything? What Jesus does is He brings them back to the beginning. He brings them back to Genesis chapter 2, and he says, Have you not read that he who created them from the beginning made them male and female, and said, For this, ma- for this reason, <clears throat> a man shall leave his father and his mother, and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. What therefore God has joined together, let no man separate. That was it. That's all he said on the topic. Then they came at him with other questions. And then he engaged them further. But when they asked him, is it okay for a man to divorce his wife for any reason at all? He said, what God has joined together, let no, one, let no man separate. And he brought them back to Genesis. Then they bring him back in verse 7 to Deuteronomy, to the law. They bring him back to verse 7. They say, Why then did Moses command to give her a certificate of divorce and send her away? 
And he said, because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives. But from the beginning, it's not been that way. They said Moses commanded. He says, no, 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 no. Moses didn't command. He permitted. Only because your hearts stink. That's why he permitted it. Because you have a problem in your heart. It was never meant to be that way. They were quoting from Deuteronomy 24. Jesus was quoting from Genesis chapter 2. If you turn back to Genesis chapter 2, it says in verse 22, the Lord fashioned in, the Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken from the man and brought her to the man. The man said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. Look who's here in this picture. It says, The Lord God fashioned into a woman the rib which he had taken out of man. The Lord God is there. God is very much a part of this union. Then he says in verse 24, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife. And so what we do is we beat up fathers and mothers and we tell them to leave their kids alone and let them have a life. And we use this passage as the justification. This passage came before the fall. I'm not sure it was really to beat up moms and dads and to warn them. It was just to say that moms and dads were part of the scene. They were very much a part of what was going on. God was there. The mother was there. The father was there. In this relationship. There's the community of the family. There's the community of the body of Christ in relationships. In Deuteronomy chapter 24, where they were quoting from, when they approached Jesus, it says, When a man takes a wife and marries her, and it happens that he, she finds no favor in his eyes because he has found some indecency in her, and he writes her a certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out from his house, and she leaves his house and goes and becomes another man's wife, and if the latter husband turns against her and writes her certificate of divorce and puts it in her hand and sends her out of, her, out of his house, or if the latter husband dies who took her to be his wife, then her former husband who sent her away is not allowed to take her again to be his wife since she's been defiled. That is an abomination before the Lord. And you shall not bring sin on the land which the Lord your God gives you as an inheritance. So let's look and see who's in the picture in this marriage. When a man takes a wife and marries her. That's it. No God, no mother, no father. When a man takes a wife and marries her. And what I tell young people is if you have an attitude like, I don't need anyone to help me in this decision, I can make this decision all for myself. You are looking for problems. Go ahead. 
Make the decision all for yourself. Leave your mother and your father out of it. Leave her mother and father out of it. Leave the community of the body of Christ out of it. Leave God out of it. Go ahead. You're so smart. Choose. And guess what's going to happen? And it happened that she finds no favor in his eyes. You're going to wake up very shortly after that and go, what have I done? When you leave the community out of it. You know, parents have this amazing ability to know who is right for their children. Even unbelieving parents. God has given this to them. They don't deserve it. But it's another one of those things that God gives parents that they don't deserve. He's in the habit of giving people things that they don't deserve. But they see something. They know something. And it, they're, they're able to perceive when the man and the woman themselves cannot perceive. They perceive. And so when my daughter called me from Israel and she said, this young man has asked me out to be his girlfriend. And we've had an agreement since she was a little girl that if any young man asked her out that she would come and talk to me. And we would make a decision as a family. And when one young man had asked her out to go to a prom in high school, I said, I don't know the young man. I have to meet him. But I need to meet his family as well to see where he's come from. So he and his family, his, his two brothers and his mother and his father came over. He was a wonderful young man from a good family. So I said, that's fine. He can take you to the prom. And when he comes, I want the mother here to take his picture. The two of you together will be here to take the picture. And when he came, I told him to get down on his knees and let us pray. As he takes my daughter out the door. And they took their Bibles with them. When the other kids after the prom went out to party, the two of them with some of their friends went to Starbucks and had a little Bible study. So we've had this agreement. And so we talked about this young man in Israel and sounded like a fine young man. And then I said, well, I'll be coming to Israel in about six months. Just tell him to hold off for a while. So when I met the young man, he was a wonderful young man. Really wonderful. And I told my daughter, you'd be fortunate to get this guy. He's a good guy. But there's the community involved. We need the help of our parents. Marriage is tough enough without having to fight the family the whole way. And then you get them involved in this relationship. When I, when I started having my, my wife started before we were married and I started finding her very attractive, every time she would come near me, my heart would start pounding. I don't know if this has ever happened to you. I mean, my heart would just start pounding very hard. I was so attracted to her. And then I prayed about this for months. Then finally I shared it with, with the pastor of the church and we got them involved and the parents. And, and we prayed for about 10 months, 11 months before we ever got engaged with the whole involvement of the church. And everybody was in, in agreement after, after that 11-month period before we got engaged. And even though we've been through our troubles, I have never, ever doubted 
whether I had married the right person. You speak to many couples that wonder, well, I must have married the wrong person. Never has that thought entered my mind. Because I had the whole community praying with us on this. And I had the agreement of the whole community. These are treasures, man, that we need to be sharing with our children. There's an involvement of the community. God is involved. Then the other thing he says is that the two shall become one flesh. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, talks about a man and his relationship with a prostitute. And it says, in verse 16 of 1 Corinthians 6, Or do you not know that the one who joins himself to a prostitute is one body with her? One body with her. Not one flesh. Those are two very different words in the Greek. He says, and then he says, for the two shall become one flesh. That's for the marriage. The two become one flesh in marriage. With a prostitute, it's one body with her. It's a very different relationship. In marriage, the two become one flesh. You share your life together with this woman. Young people will say, let's go play tennis together. Guy and a girl, let's go play tennis together. Let's go to a movie together. Let's go sleep together. But they will not say, let's go have a baby together. Because that is the one flesh experience. Remember, does this thought, does this word, does this action reflect the love of Christ, the sacrificial love of Christ. If it does not, it is not the love of Christ. Does this thought, does this word, does this action reflect the love of Christ? If it does not, it is pure and utter selfishness. The one flesh relationship. I love my wife so much. I love to be with her. I almost brought her here tonight and then I went back and checked the email and said it was a men's meeting. I said, oh. And then she didn't want to come. You know, and she was the one that cued in on this that it was a men's meeting. I said, oh, no, 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 no. I'm sure you can come. And I'm sure she would have been welcome, but I just like to be with her. People like to say, I like to go out with the guys. I like to go out with the guys, but when my wife's with me, I love to be with her. I just enjoy being with her. I come home. I don't see her around. Then I hear these steps. People, someone coming down the steps. and Oh, it's just my 15-year-old son. Where's mom? I don't know. When's she leave? I don't know. When's she coming back? I don't know. You know a 15-year-old boy. I mean, they don't know anything. But I'm looking for my wife. I just love to have her around. When she's not there, the home is empty. She says, well, that's just because I feed you. I said, that too. (laughs) But I just love to have her around. That one flesh experience can only happen in marriage. I love you so much. I want more people like you. I want to have kids that have eyes like you have, that have attitudes like you have, that are like you. 
that look like you, that act like you. You cannot have this outside of marriage in that body experience. Only in the one flesh experience. We've been married almost 25 years. And I, I just think of all the growing we have done together. We met when we were 20. And all the growing we have done together. All the things we have seen together. All the little experiences together. That only she and I know together. Only in the one flesh experience. This is what Jesus says. From the beginning, this is how it was supposed to be. This one flesh experience. And we have all these times together. For example, when we first got married, we were invited over at a couple's house. And it was another married student couple. We were, I was in graduate school at the time. And, and this young man was from Sri Lanka. And uh, uh, his name was Henry Amarasuriya. And we went over to their home for dinner. And then after dinner, he said, would you like some ice cream? I said, sure, a little bit. He gave me like half a teaspoonful of ice cream in my bowl. Then I realized that a little bit to an American on ice cream is very different than a little bit to a Sri Lankan in ice cream. And Shireen looked over at me and smiled. And I smiled at her. And to this day, every time she gives me a portion that I consider too small, I say, thank you, Henry. And only she knows what I'm talking about. And she laughs, and I laugh. It's been 25 years since that happened. But the treasure of a wife, of a relationship, that goes a lifetime, I would never, never want to have anyone else. We share the same experiences. We say, remember that person when they came over our home and such and such happened? Remember when, when Sabrina was little and how she used to do? And it, This is what we find ourselves talking about together. All these past experiences. This is a one flesh union. To have that relationship that lasts a lifetime. Share this with your children. The treasure, the absolute treasure it can be. You know, this whole section, it says that in Deuteronomy 24, it says that he found some, something in her didn't please him. He was shocked. So he divorces her. Couldn't he have resolved it? Couldn't he have worked it out? I mean, it happened so quickly. He just found some defect in her. So he hands her a certificate of divorce. It happened so quickly. I'll tell you, it's worth trying to work out. It really is. I have seen bunches of counselors, marriage counselors. We've seen them. And it's all been my fault. Every time we go in there, they tell me, yeah, it's, it's Jim's problem. It's not Shireen's problem. It's Jim's problem. It's my fault. But you know, on the other side of it, I have initiated every time we've needed help. I've initiated it. Most men are stuck in their stupid pride. And they think that, you know, well, my wife wants counseling. Uh, well, maybe I'll go if she thinks she needs it. Man, you initiate it. You got problems, initiate it. Go to a counselor. Go to a Christian counselor and get some help. Let them start speaking into your life. And every counselor I've ever gone to see, I start like this. I say, look, 
We've got problems. Divorce for us has never been an option. So we can live together in war, live together in peace, and I'd much rather have peace. And I will do whatever you say. Whatever you tell me to do, I will do. And every counselor has looked at me in shock and said, you're going to be easy. If that's the way you are, it'll be really easy. And it doesn't take us long. I mean, we're just talking about a few sessions and we're good to go. This is just a tune-up. That's all it is. And we're good to go. It doesn't have to be a big deal. Then it says, and then she goes and she marries another man, and that man gives her a certificate of divorce, and she can't go back and marry the first man. You know, I have met three people recently that have been through divorces. Three people that all think about going back to their former person that they were married to after a sequence of other relationships. With one woman on a business trip, and we were talking together, we were driving to this meeting, and uh, she has been married and divorced three times, and she says, and she was telling me about her daughter and how her daughter's father has moved into the same town. I said, is he a good father to her? She said, he's a wonderful father. I said, he's a wonderful father? She said, wonderful. I said, why'd you get a divorce? She said, we were young and we were stupid. She said, I really would have been pleased to have been married to him. It's amazing how people want to go back to this. Jesus addresses these issues. He says, the two become one flesh. And that one flesh union is there forever. And all the little experiences you go through. Remember one day I was trying to pay the bills. It's so hard. It's really hard to pay the bills. And I was an assistant professor. I, was, I mean, they pay assistant professors just absolute dirt. Absolute dirt. I mean, you get all this education. They pay you so little. They make these transfers. And I was trying to pay the bills. And I got so upset. And I took the checkbook. And I threw it down on the ground. And I was in the kitchen. And my, my hand hit the corner of the kitchen counter as I was throwing the checkbook on the ground. And I broke my hand. It was my right hand, and I had a prison ministry. And the guys love to shake. To shake a man's hand means you relate to them. It was just torture, absolute torture. And Shireen always jokes when I'm having trouble paying the bills. She says, you want to throw the checkbook down? (laughs) These are relationships that last forever, forever. And I tell her, I say, you know, one day we're going to go to heaven. And you are such a precious person. You are going to have a huge mansion in heaven on the same block as Jesus. I know it. And I'm going to live far away on the other side of the train tracks. Is it okay if I come and just stay with you? Would that be all right? Can I stay in your mansion with you? I just want to be with her. So much I want to be with her. You know, I go off with my kids for a day. I just want my wife with me. I want her with me. One flesh. This is what Jesus is talking about. Brothers, this is what He wants. And you know, you don't have to go down this dirty old route. You really don't have to. Jesus stops right there on the good part. They push Him on this thing. And then as soon as the word divorce comes in, you know, this word divorce comes in in Matthew chapter 19... And he says, because of your hardness of heart, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives, but from the beginning it's not been this way. 
And I say to you, whoever divorces his wife except for immorality and marries another woman commits adultery. So right after you say the word divorce, you've got to start saying immorality. You've got to start saying adultery. And this word immorality is, includes all of the sexual sins of bestiality, incest, rape, everything. And as soon as you bring in divorce, you've got all these other words you've got to start talking about. Jesus never even wanted to address that. This is what I tell young people. Many of you, I tell them. Half of them. You come from broken homes. You don't have to repeat that cycle. You do not. Jesus said, from the beginning, it has not been that way. In Genesis, before the fall, it was never that way. And I've come to redeem. And you don't have to go through it again. You don't have to do it. You can have a marriage for a lifetime. You don't have to go through that. Verse 10, his disciples said to him, If the relationship of a, of a man with his wife is like this, it's better not to marry. And I said, this is how many of you feel. You've seen how your parents have reacted to one another. And you think, why marry? It's such a mess. But remember, Jesus never wanted to go that way. Jesus said, you don't have to live that way. You don't have to go that route. God has something so much more precious for us. So much better as believers. I encourage you that if you don't flow well with your wife, if it's not that one flesh union that is just fun to be with her, just to be around her. Not that, you know, we never disagree. We disagree all the time. All the time. I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm of Jewish background, but I may as well have been Latin. I mean, because I get passionate about everything. Everything. Everything is a big deal for me. So, we have our troubles, but I love to be with this woman. If you don't have that, you fall on your knees. You have knees? Learn how to fall on them and beat your breast and say, God, God, help me a sinner. And guess what happens? God's in heaven. And the angels point out, there's somebody on their knees beating their breast. And God looks. And He comes to restore He says, what's he beating his breast about? Oh, he wants help? I'm glad to help. He's never cried out for help before. He was a man who grabbed this woman. There was no mother, no father, no Lord God. And now he's crying for help. I'd be glad to help him. You need to go to counseling? Well, I welcome you to the counseling club. I've been there. You want to know a good counselor? Send me an email. I know several of them in town. I prefer to go to women so that my wife doesn't feel like she's getting ganged up on by men. I know several good ones in town. Let me know. I'll I'll send you their phone numbers. And you can walk in a place where it's really comfortable, where you can enjoy this woman, this wife of your youth, you can enjoy her, and she would enjoy you. And allow the Lord to restore the ground that the worms have eaten away at. Allow Him to restore it. And He will. If you learn to cry out. He is a God of redemption. And He can take years of disorder and begin to work them better. It doesn't happen overnight. But I'll tell you, it is a wonderful thing to enjoy your wife. Just a wonderful thing. My wife thinks I'm the biggest pest 
you know, we were eating the dinner together, and I said, Let, let's just hook arms. I'll hook on and eat like this, and you do like this. She just, it bothers her so much, but she's my wife. She's my wife. I mean, in the morning I wake up, I just smother her with kisses. She said, would you just let me sleep? I said, I just can't resist. I just can't resist. I just can't keep my hands off her. I just can't. I just love this woman so much. This is not a mystery. This is exactly the way Jesus said it was supposed to be. The two of you will be one flesh and you share this life together. It is a treasure, men. May you have this in your life. Pray for your children that they experience this. Let them know of this truth. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for these men. And I have no idea, no idea where they are at in their marriages or in their lives, or in their relationships. I have no idea. But you know everything, Lord. You know every detail, every struggle, every pain, every joy, every thought. You know everything. I pray, Father, that you bring them into a relationship with their wife, with, that they would learn to walk in one flesh. And experience the very thing that God had for Adam and for Eve before the fall. Because Jesus said, we don't have to walk the negative route. Father, please draw these men close to you. And hear their prayer and answer, I ask. Amen.